Welcome to the emotional rollercoaster that is Blokes Don't Talk. I'm your host, Braden Anderson. For the OGs out there, yes, the intro has died, sadly. It's time for us to move forward. For those of you new along, look, thank you so much for coming and supporting your loved one as they sit down with me and, and tell their truth. Uh, we sit down with an everyday bloke each week and we take them on a bit of a journey through life's ups and downs. We ask them about what is the best and the worst thing they've experienced in life. We ask them about what's the best and worst thing they've experienced in themselves. It's unfiltered, it's raw, it's brutally honest. And fuck, isn't that a sexy thing in 2020? We'd love to hear your feedback on the episode. Please jump on our socials, Facebook and Instagram. I don't need to tell you that we're on all good podcast platforms because you found us because you're just that clever. Enjoy the episode, guys. Alrighty, sitting here with uh, a lovely friend of mine, Jeremy Joyner, and I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because it'd feel very disingenuous after we've just trained and had lunch and spent an hour and a half with you putting up with my shit. Um, but I, I will acknowledge we were just both saying how much we dislike listening to our, our own voices. And, and as I sit here drinking cider, <laughs> talking to one of Australia's premium heavyweight MMA fighters... With the deepest voice in the world, I think I'm going to have to go and buy a big Ute or a boat or something to regain some masculinity after this shit, mate. <laughs> you, you, you know, no, you're doing all right, mate. That's all right. <laughs> no, thank you for having me, man. Absolute, absolute pleasure. So, um, bit of background, um, as alluded to, and as we'll probably get to, um, Jeremy's a, a very legitimate fighter on on top of being a top bloke and a lot of other things and um, managed to stumble into <laughs> managed to stumble into him coming to train at, at um, my little gym because it's probably a better setup for what he wants to do than than most facilities locally and 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 then him tolerating me me talking <laughs> shit to him while he was and then me eventually holding pads for him and and it's kind of worked out all right since yeah, si- since then <laughs> it's it's been um it's it's been a nice addition to my week that's for sure bro so um Take us, take us through uh, the the Jeremy story. Where were you born, man? I was born in Stall, uh, which is what's that? West Victoria. West Victoria, Stall yeah. Gift. Yeah, Stall Gift. Yeah. You you look like you're built for speed, yeah. brother. <laughs> Hundred meters is a long dash. Hundred. We'll, we'll drive that shit together. <laughs> yeah, I was born there, '88. Um, I think I was there for maybe a year or two, and then moved to Sale. Actually, I think I lived in Mafra for a little bit. Our first house. On a farm there, and my earliest memories were a sale. I went to the sale Guthridge, left in uh, grade five. I reckon went back to stall, year there, then to Melbourne, back to stall, back to Melbourne, back to stall, the Bendigo, Melbourne, stall, yeah, back here. Oh, back to Melbourne, then back here. <laughs> I just have it around a bit. With with all that uh, experience and choice, how did you how did you choose sale after all that, mate? That's an interesting decision. Um, just because I had, like before I started fighting, I was here. Um, just because I got family here, I got a mum here, I got a sister and her kids, I got a nan in Maui. Um, so I thought, well, while I was in sales, I was pretty much on my own for the for, for a big chunk of my life. So I thought, I really just wanted to be around family. I had, and my sort of issue was I had um, nieces and nephews that I didn't really see that often, didn't really know. So I thought, oh, I want to get back and um, spend some time with them because I had a mum who was sick as well, who had cancer, and then uh, had some kidney failure. She was having a tough time. So I thought, oh. I kept hearing stories of people had lost their parents and always they always said the same thing, I wish I'd spend more time. So 
I had that bit of a scare, so I thought, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go down, and I don't want to regret that, so I thought I'll go spend the time while I can, and so every time I want to go somewhere, this is this is like my home base. Yeah, I think I was saying to you the time before last that we got to to catch up that um, that was a huge one for me as well. I was always homesick for the longest time living in Perth and, and really drawn to, to Gippsland for some reason, um, apart from having grown up here, I just... Just loved it. And then uh, old man passed away. I think yeah. I said to you the time before last we caught up. And and for exact same thing for me, that was like nieces and nephews suddenly are five years older than I've, when I've seen them and just missing missing too much stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what happened. Like I, for me, I had, I've got three now. Um, my sister's got three kids. Um, for I think the oldest is 17. And I think I've only been to maybe one or two birthdays, you know what I mean? Like going from stall to here is like a six, seven hour drive. And for me, it was just like, oh, I don't do that shit. And I just lived a pretty selfish sort of life. So I thought after, after after I sort of grew up a little bit, I thought oh, I'm, I'm gonna probably try and put a bit more, more put a bit more, uh, a bit more effort in. So um, you have to come through Melbourne on on the way home. So it's a pretty serious trek. You got yeah. an a trek to get to Melbourne, and then yeah. an a trek to get yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah so I think Melbourne's like this, like the middle. So it's three hours to Melbourne, and then I think it's only like two and a half to get in. But yep, yep. So uh, tell us about um, if you're comfortable doing so, you, your initial family structure that you were born into and grew up with. <coughs> um. I'm the youngest of four kids. Um, dad and mum. Oh, excuse me. Um, my oldest brother's like, oh, I think he's maybe eight years older than me. And my, my sister, the one from here, has two years under him. And I think my brother is six years under her, and then I'm two under her, under him. So I'm the youngest, which is 32. So I think my oldest is maybe 41, 42, somewhere. I can't remember. lose track of that shit. So. <laughs> Once you get past twenty one, doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You're an adult. <laughs> you get. You still uh, have them in, in your life. Have a good relationship with you with your um, siblings. One of my brothers, no, I haven't spoke to him in maybe ten years. We kind of have a bit of a falling out. Um, my oldest, uh, yeah, he's, he's getting married, going to his wedding in October. And my sister, who's kind of like the the gel between everyone. She's friends with all of, all of the siblings. Um, yeah, we're pretty good. She's a pretty cool chick. Yeah, sounds well. I've only got I've only got the two, but it yeah. sounds quite similar to me. There's yeah. there's one that very different too, and we just <laughs> let's say agreed not to be in each other's lives, and yeah. and then the other one's kind of the gel that tries to yeah. tries to hold it together some somehow. Um, if the audio today, by the way, is is a little bit more rustic uh, than normal, um, me and Jeremy are sitting at my picnic table enjoying this beautiful day and, and having a beer together, and, and there was just no chance. It's a gorgeous sad day up here in Stratford, so there was no chance we we're going to sit in a little dark room together. Yeah, sun come out. <laughs> sun sun is out. Beautiful winter's day. Um, so hobbies growing growing up, man. It was football. Um, it was always country, country boy, always football. It's really the only choice you got. But just sport for me, I love sport. Whether it be football, basketball, I played basketball, I played soccer, I'd sail here. I remember soccer obviously got near the rough base. Played a couple of games there until they kicked me off the team. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was always sport, just competition sport. I love being outside, love that sort of shit. I think, um, was either of you or a video you had taken, but I think it was of you. Saw a video of you, of your youth days of of you taking a mark at, at just about fifty on the boundary line and putting through a oh, pretty important beauty. goal, and the, <laughs> and, and the crowd crowd getting around yeah, the crowd it. Crowd erupted. Yeah, that was um, that was an elimination final. We we come down, come back from like ten goals down. Um, that was winning the game from the boundary. It was probably about seventy five out, I reckon. Oh, it was at least seventy five. <laughs> I, I saw you walk Push through the inter- interchange <laughs> gates as you strolled in. It gets longer every time. I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, what oval was that at? It was an oval called La Harum, which is just outside um, the Grampians, which is outside, uh, just outside Hall's Gap. So 
when you even played too, like it took me about five, six years of playing there to realise there's the mountains in the background. But you don't because you're obviously playing full, you don't really notice. But I remember standing there, I think, fuck, what's look at that? That's nice. And um, but it's just outside the mountains. It's just this, it's just an oval in the middle of nowhere. Um, kind of a joint too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was um, Laharam against Rapanya, but it was. Lo- love that. It'd be actually a pretty cool tour to do, or maybe a coffee ta- yeah. uh, coffee table book to make of, of the most picturesque uh, AFL ovals around Australia. <laughs> you, I've, I always love it. I remember seeing that picture of um, Omeo last year when it was under snow, and then you see some of the, some yeah. of the ovals in the NT that, that the fellas get around on. It's like, holy shit, you know, yeah. what, a, what an yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing country. <laughs> and the, in the dust, I remember I played in, um, oh, when I was playing Ammos in Melbourne, I played at an oval sort of east of Greensboro, I think, kind of in a really hilly area. And, and I'd hate to think how much this facility cost them for just amateur footy, but it was kind of cut into the side of a hill. Oh, so, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, there was like a massive fall-off on one side and a cliff on, on the other and, and quite a staircase up I've to the change rooms. I've played on a cliff before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. And, and same sort of thing. You know, it it probably – I was probably the, the other way around. I had to catch myself and remember it as a football match on because it was so so fucking beautiful <laughs> to play there. Yeah. Well, there's, um, I've had a, a, a train – yeah, um, train go through one of ours. Like it's just outside the goals, like ten meters behind the goals. You like every time a train comes through, if you got a ball, like and the train's coming, you'll you'll have a crack at it. Um, <laughs> like it was, that was just the thing where everyone had to crack at the the train. Like yeah, even if you see it coming, you'd hold it off that little little bit longer and wait for the train and have a pin. And I think it was only about four or five years ago they put a net up behind the goals. <laughs> so everyone's having cracked. Yeah, yeah well, trains. At, the, at the cutaway end of wherever this over was, and I'll have to look it up, or maybe if someone's listening and knows, shoot me through a message, but um, they end up having to put up the big net because it kind of just, it went from four metres up to, to ten metres below it, just behind the goals. So there was that many games held up. Actually re- reminded me, um, fellow I went through school at Nagel with Luke Henderson that's got workforce extensions down to Elgin. Um, he was playing at, Bandstar one game at 18s in a probably an elimination final as well, and they had no time on. He took a mark in the back pocket there at Bandstale, uh, I guess the the back right pocket if you're in the in the back pocket, and turned around and torpied it into the morass because there was about 90 <laughs> seconds to go, and, and they won the fucking match with the time the time rolling out. So he was a popular boy for for a little while, yeah. but he was a he was a talented sportsman. So we'll we'll give him that. So hobbies as a as an adult man hasn't changed much sport. Not so much footy now. Like I kind of fell out of love with footy. Don't um, don't watch a lot of it. I love I love watching basketball, but obviously fighting is my thing. Um, but oh, I'm a gamer too. I love playing video games. Kind of escaping there, but yeah, I don't know. I think instruments. I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. I want to learn the piano. Is another thing. Yeah, yeah. I tried to learn the guitar. Bought a guitar. I just realised my fingers are too fat. <laughs> I, I tried to get in this one note. I thought oh, I'll give up. This is, this is not working. But for those that um, aren't familiar with Jez, um, uh, maybe stalk his socials or something. But we, we were having a joke last week about he's he's probably what are you six one ish? Yeah, six one six two. Six one six six two. But he uh, we were talking about fighting divisions and and um, uh, Jeremy isn't ever easily going to be a light heavyweight. He's a, he's a thick dude, even <laughs> if he was super ripped. Um, uh, so. So yeah, he, you could understand that the threatboard of a of a small acoustic guitar. <laughs> there was one note I had to try and put three fingers in the one box they call it, or barrack, barrack, whatever the fuck they call it. I just couldn't do it. Like I had to use my other hand to get one finger in. I saw this is not going to work. My fingers not built for this. But piano is the other thing. I want to learn piano. I tried to do. I booked in and do piano lessons on Mondays. But the lady that does it here, who I spoke to, she um, she does for five terms, and that must be like a school like okay. kids based sort of thing. So yep. she's like, oh. 
once you book, it's you got to book for the full term. And for me, I just don't know how long I'm going to be, so I just said, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, piano is something I want to do. I'm, like, obsessed with it. Like, there's a period where I'll just, at night, I'll be watching YouTube. I'll just be watching how to play the piano. Yes. Just, like, there's, there's one video. I don't know if it's the same dude who gets it, does it. But it has the lights coming down and just keys, like, every time I like to play the song. And I just obsess over it. I'll just watch it till like, 3, 4 in the morning. Yep. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking when you said about the, you know, the old school rigid structure of yeah. terms in terms of learning locally. I don't know if, if you're drawn to needing that person to push you, which yeah. it doesn't sound you is, but surely there's a YouTube channel or something yeah, where, where you can go through a basic syllabus. And if I just had, I just need the, if, like even if I just bought like a little keyboard or something, I'd teach myself. So that's the ideas I had with the guitar was just to teach myself. Like I taught myself a little bit of sign language through YouTube and a little search and stuff like. That. So I'll just do that. But the, the idea is just to, I wanted her just to kickstart me just show me the basics get me going and then i'll just take it from there yeah cool um something you touched on there i'm interested about because a, a handful of guys have uh, been on have have been gamers and and same thing they've they've used it as i guess you know almost therapeutic that that beautiful escapism um i guess so so what what style of games are you into and what's your platform oh, it doesn't change much from from my life so sporting sporting games like nba love nba fifa obviously is a big one I've been playing this new one recently. I can't even, I can't even pronounce it, but it's Ghost of Tsushima or some shit like this new Japanese one, um, which I'm getting into. But it's usually sport, sport based. Um, I'll just play it religiously. What's your platform? Sony. Sony. Yeah, I'm a Sony guy. PlayStation man, you're gonna get the new one when it comes out. Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, oh. I haven't actually researched to see how much better it is or not. I'll probably be the cheapskate that gets yeah. the cheaper PS4 as soon as, <laughs> as soon as it fucking does come out. Very, very good, man. Um, so, and uh, own own family, no, no family yet now that you're an adult. You're just no, doing the, no, the no. Uncle yeah, uncle Jez thing. I can't find someone uh, that I like for more than two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so having a kid is not really an option. Not that I don't want it, obviously, but yeah, it's not. Just a single man, a bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel pretty special that you put up with my shit for a whole three weeks now, mate. That's it's. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, I feel like you, you're humoring me well. That's that's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've kind of blitzed through all the um, the setup, the the bloke that you are stuff, man. So I might take a break and and uh, refresh the beverage, yeah. and and we'll get in with the second bit. Oh, sick. And now a word from our sponsor. Nah, just fucking with you guys. We're never going to monetize this. This is your resource. And blokes, this round's on me. As we move into the next section of this conversation, we're going to be asking some pretty real questions. We're going to take things a level deeper. It'll be raw, but hopefully we'll come up with some tips and techniques that might help some fellas out there get through a bit. If what we discussed today raises some emotions for you, either from something you've got through in the past or something you're currently dealing with, Discuss it with someone in your life you trust. If someone isn't immediately available, or if you're quite anxious about the feelings that you uncover, call Lifeline Australia. They're available 24-7, they care, and they're very professional. 13 11 14. Alternately, have the chat with your GP. Discuss going on a mental health plan if you're having a rough time. There's no shame in it. Get a little bit of counselling get yourself travelling in the right direction. If the voice in our head gets a little bit negative, it doesn't magically get better. We need to introduce a professional, someone who has a bit of rationality, 
someone who has a bit of positivity, somebody who can help us not just survive, but thrive. We need you, fellas, and we want to see the best of you. All righty, so that's a pretty good indication as to how much too long that middle section goes for. <laughs> Before the jazz, I think I've said it three weeks in a, in a row. I need to, I need to re-record that because I managed to go inside from our beautiful little oasis and grab him a beer and then decide if it was the right beer because it wasn't that cold and come out and then us talk shit and I'd only just finished crapping on. So uh, we are back with the the lovely Mister Joiner. So we'll get into the the more interesting side of stuff because he's a pretty interesting dude. Um, so. Well, deep end your brother. So what's what's probably the worst thing that life's thrown at you, do you reckon? What, what's the, the biggest thing you've had to overcome mm. on the path? Um, I think just hitting rock bottom, like mentally, physically, everything. Um, got to a stage there just before I started fighting where I just kind of give up on everything. I quit footy, give up. And um, that's when I started packing on a heap, a heap of weight. I just didn't give a fuck about much. I think that was probably the, the darkest point. Um, and for me, that's why I think I was. Well, I think I was so successful at fighting was because it wasn't just a sport, it wasn't a hobby, it wasn't. A, it was a second chance for me. Yeah. Um, getting my shit together and and actually enjoying my life. I mean, it was uh, so I think yeah that period there because I think it was over like a two two year break. It kind of drove me to that sort of point. How old were you at the time, bro? Maybe twenty six. Yeah, twenty seven, something like. Um, and that's uh, that's a big reason why I moved to Seoul originally. Then, where I was, I was thought it's just not working for me. You know, I always like I, I believe if you keep doing the same shit and expecting a different result, it's just it's crazy. Like it's not going to work that way. So I thought I'm going doing the same job that I fucking hated, um, and then just like my escape, like then was like I said before, like game is escape of sport has always been my escape. Once you're playing footy or you're playing basketball, whatever the fuck it is, it's you don't think about anything else. It's just, you know you're just there, you're having fun with your mates, and you're just enjoying yourself. So sport was always my escape. So the period of my life where it got to that point where it just wasn't enough anymore. Like that one hour of footy training Tuesday and Thursday, and then the two hours on the day just wasn't enough anymore. It wasn't enough to keep me happy. So then I thought, fuck, I have to, I have to get out of here. And that's when I. Weighed everything up, like how mum was sick, and I got the nieces and nephews, and sister and family. I got Nan down here, and thought, all right, I need to change. I got to, I got to change shit. I got to change things up. So that's when I moved down here, and thought, right, while I'm spending time with mum, I'll get my shit together as well, and hopefully start something new, have a crack at something new. I even did, um, did a course at the Ace Training Centre here. I was going to do some excavation, like get in the mines and go do that, like go work, make some money, and maybe that'll make me happy. and so I had I did all that. I was ready to go to Perth. I had a friend over there named Herbie Rose, who's actually Lionel Rose's brother. I um, mean, he was going to give me a job then. He he's from um, Warrigal originally. His family, um, as if you know, Lionel Rose from Warrigal. So he was there, and he's like, "Oh, I'll come see you. We'll talk about it." And it was around that time is when I first got that thing for FlyQuest. When I maybe this is what I'm going to do. Because he's with the boxing world, I thought, oh, what do you think I should do? Like, I asked this bit of advice, should I go and work with you or should I trace this? And he's like, and he actually pushed me towards the fighting thing, go for, go for that. And, and then that's what happened. And then that was the kind of thing that kind of got me out of that, that dump. Yeah. So for those not familiar, you know, obviously most people would 
um, no, no, the brother, but the the broader Rose family, obviously very generous, and and uh, you know, you won't find many families that do more for the not just Indigenous but broader community. Yeah. They're, they're such a such a beautiful group of selfless yeah. people. Yeah, Herbie, I met Herbie. We were working together in Halls Gap, maybe. Well, you're in 20, so probably, oh, fucking hell, that was maybe 13 years ago. <laughs> Feeling old, bro? <laughs> yeah, just got me, man. Um, yeah, I met him about 13 years ago, and for me, I, I never spoke to him about it. Even when we were mates, like, we used to, like, we always got on the piss together, we'd travel, we worked together, and we did, like, we did everything together, like, a big group of us. Um, but I never spoke to him about fighting for about five or six years, never spoke to him, because I, like, I'd assume being in the world that he's come from, Everybody wants to ask him about that sort of stuff. So for me, I just never did. I think we had a conversation when I was pissed once and said, this is like, I think it got to a point where I was like, this is what I want to do. And then he's like, all right. And he said, all right, we can do this, do that, do that. And then about two, three years later is when I finally thought, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Gonna do it. So it was something that I had on my mind for a long, long time before I actually took that leap. Yeah, so for those not familiar, Jez from mid almost – Late twenties, yep. talking about diving into something, then reached the point of being uh, XFC heavyweight champion, yep. and and uh, definitely well and truly being on the radar of of UFC yep. before he had some some hip troubles and and other shit to take care of. But um, what is it? A lot of people ask me, but I'd love to hear your version of it. What is it about? the martial arts lifestyle that you, you went to say before, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a sport. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's far bigger part of your life. What is it that helps you get your broader shit together so much? Um, I think the sport just demands your respect and your dedication and it just drives you and gives you that challenge and gives you that mental strength to approach any challenge, whether it be sport, fighting or just business, whatever the fuck it is. It gives you that strength to approach a challenge without fear I would not say fear, like fear's a, you harness fear good, fear's, fear's good, but just the fact that you know you can, if you push and you work hard, you can do it. I think it's as cliche as it sounds, but it's just it's just that sort of thing, like it pushes you to this next level, which I believe football didn't do for me, um, which might do for others, but didn't do it for me. Um, but fighting, it it just drove me to to be more purpose, have more purpose in my life, like um. Like everything, even when I was training, like everything I did evolved around whether, like every decision I made, whether it benefited my training, but then it benefited my fighting, benefited what I was doing. I didn't have that sort of direction before. It was always play footy, get pissed, go to work. Same thing every week. That was um, the huge wake-up call for me as well. I mean, fighting's very, very good to, to give you an ego, yep. a healthy adjustment, full stop. But footy, you know, you, you can rock up to footy half ass, like yeah, you yeah. said, or have a lazy week or whatever. Or be prepared to rock up on a sad day and hope someone else carry you a bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can always hide if you like, especially if you train. If you're tired, you can hide at the back. Game day, if you have a bad day, it doesn't matter. There's 17 other blokes or 18, 20, whatever the fuck the numbers are anymore. There's always other people who can carry you. Um, you can you can kind of always hide if you're having a bad day. You can rock up pissed. I know blokes. I know blokes that fucking play better when they're drunk. Blokes that play high, hungover. Like you can escape that sort of shit. You can't do that with us. You can't do that with fighting. No, um, like the the schedule I have, we always sparred MMA sparring Monday mornings. If you drank on Saturday, you felt it Monday morning, and the boys would know if they could smell it on you. Yeah, you're um you're swimming with sharks there, and they'll just dive straight all over you. Yeah, you can't um you can't do it. So it just it demanded a healthier lifestyle for me. Yeah, and that's a huge positive accountability. And yeah. you talk about you know the two gyms that 
you most re- recently frequent, and particularly the sparring on a Monday, like you said, it's it's going to take so little of you being off your one hundred yep. that that they're going to be after yeah. you, and and, and you know they owe it they owe it to you as, yeah, as yeah. well. They they're doing it out of love, yeah. no, no doubt. <laughs> exactly, you can see the the look on Daniel Kelly's face when he's punching you. It's uh, it's love. <laughs> Speaking of um, that that healthy ego adjustment, yeah. so I I love that photo um, on your facey of I think Dan's in your in your guard or yeah. maybe, maybe half guard and, and you put your little comment about I've, I've got him just where I want him. So it's, um, you know, and that's, that's all, I guess the, the healthy ego adjustment as well. Like your frame's obviously significantly bigger than, yeah. than Dan, but he's also an Olympic judo guy yeah. and, and, and an experienced yeah. at what's he had six or seven fights in UFC now. Oh, and, something like that. Yeah. Um, and there's a weapon full yeah. stop, full stop. Yeah. So don't let that dad bod fool you. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most dad bod looking motherfucker I've ever seen, but he's he's dangerous. Oh, before fights, like you see him after a fight, and he you wouldn't think he's a fighter. Like he just he has his massive gut on him. When he's coming when he's ready to fight, he just somehow that disappears, and his six pack just uh, disappears. Like he looks shredded. Like I'd I'd like to have that bod to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I love um, you know unremarkable looking fighters yeah. like that, which is why I guess I'm. Enjoy the uh, you know the more prolific nature of Muay Thai and, and BJJ these days. Is I used to love working in clubs and stuff, and you'd have um, some tradies. This isn't the going trades, but you'd have some people come along and mistake having having a, a hard working job for being hard people, yeah, and, yeah. and and uh, try and try and bully some accountants yeah. or IT geeks and stuff that would promptly fold them in half. It was <laughs> it was always the fucking highlight of yeah. the week. Well, one of my first jujitsu coach, um, Dean, his name is, um, he's like a world class. Um, jiu-jitsu, he travels the world, competes worldwide. Um, but if you looked and if you sent him a pub, he'd be the type of guy you'd probably pick on. He's a redhead, bit chubby, but he'd kill you. He could kill you in ten seconds. Like you'd, I remember my first sort of roles. The goal was not to get get submitted seven times. Every time, just try and break it down, the numbers down. But he was just a weapon, and it's just one of those guys. You think, fuck! I wish I. Was, I'm, I'm glad I didn't meet him in a pub when I was younger, because he would have killed me. Yeah, and that's a, it's such a drowning yeah. feeling as well when yeah. you're new to BJJ or just yeah. against a weapon that's very fluid. Yeah. It's like, fucking how does it keep getting tighter and <laughs> <laughs> all my struggling is doing yeah. fuck all. Yeah. I'm busting my ass here and he's doing fuck all and beating me. <laughs> oh man, so <laughs> flipping away from the darkness yeah. f- f- for a moment, what do you reckon's the highlight so far for you? The highlight... I think... I wouldn't say just winning the title because um, the title is good but it's not... The thing that I was pushing for, I think it was just getting back and enjoying what I was doing. Like my whole outlook on life changed. I think that was probably. I think it's the best thing. Like it got to a point where, even when I was enjoying my life, I always look for the weekend. Like fuck Monday, fuck this. I want the weekend. And when I was training, the weekends became to a point where it was just too long. Like I couldn't wait for Monday. I couldn't wait to get back. I just woke up. I even in my life, like, I didn't. I don't need a, a alarm clock anymore. I turned that off, didn't need it off because I was waking up, ready to go. Like it's just, I think that's the high point for me. It was just getting back, just enjoying myself. Like even when, like I train with all these world class dudes, they have their goal is to do certain things. Where mine was just to enjoy myself. Like um, I'm just a bigger believer on just enjoying the journey. Like obviously I want to get to certain positions, but for me, I just, I just want to enjoy what I'm doing. So every every choice that I make is whether it's going to make me happy or not. I love. Love that mentality, and, and I reckon you probably would be able to relate to this. I find that, as I think you would in your PT sense, for me, people that 
um, need to be overstructured in in their goals because yeah. for, for me the the greatest you know level of achievement or fluidity of a, a skill set be it soccer fighting whatever it yeah. is that that I've come to has been when I've been just entirely in the moment yeah. loving getting out of yeah. bed like you said and yeah. going and putting in and yeah. and the good things have just rolled in out yeah, of me yeah, enjoying yeah, where yeah. I'm at yeah that's exactly right like getting in like is even one of those things that I've realised like when I busted my ass and did all these like tough shit like did all this stuff that just was grueling but then everything just working like just everything just falling into place which is sounds kind of stupid like it probably happens for most people but for me it just never really happened um i never got to that point where i've just worked that hard and nothing happened but like this like i, I planned everything that everything that i planned just come to fruition everything that happened the way i wanted it everything happened and um and for me i was just that just it was just this it was just pride. Like just, it just filled me with so much. I just enjoyment. Like I just, I loved what I was doing. So that was that was my mindset. It was just to just to uh, just do that. Just, just nothing more than that. I don't have to go. I don't have to be the best. I'm just, just do that. I would like to fight the best. Obviously, what makes me happy is getting better and doing things I'm not meant to do, achieving things. Like every fight I've been in, I've I think I've been in the underdog, apart from one. Which I fucking lost, <laughs> but every fight I've been in, I um, I've been the underdog, and I love that because nobody expected me, nobody expects me to win, and I did every time. I, I love it, and probably um, my best fight or the or the fight I remember the most fondly was exactly that for some reason. Yeah. It is is um, it was probably the only one in a while where I was the underdog and I was against this just fucking Dolph Lundgren looking motherfucker <laughs> of a kid. He was, he was a fucking specimen. He was yeah. impressive. And he was also seen like a bit of a cockhead, which yeah. is, you know, that let me forgive myself yeah, going yeah, after yeah. it. It's always and, easier. And, and no one expected me, you know, I, I was lied to about his record going in and a couple of other bits and oh, pieces. Really? What did they say? Uh, it was supposed to be a, a first in, um, ammo tie fight basically. So we, we were both supposed to be, I think in, in tie, um, other than gym shows and shit, I was only three fights in, maybe. Okay. And and he was four and two, I think. What they tell you? Oh, they the same, no. same as me. Okay. They'd had two. But he had more. Uh, yeah, yeah. He and he was he was fairly fairly comfortable, but I mean, for whatever reason, I was just in zone. I did that fucking Joanna Champion face off when yeah. I when I got there because oh, got, got in his. Oh face. yeah, yeah. Because he he <laughs> he'd been camping me, brother. He, yeah. he he come over to check my wraps and stuff. Oh really? But like full playing the game, and yeah. we were both standing there for walkout. I didn't look at him the whole time, and I could—I was just enjoying his eyes on me. Um, get in, get in the the ring, and he fucking forgot his box. I uh, had to run back out and come back in, and and we were like fight eight on a big card, yeah. so it was pretty comical. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the crowd was already on my side, which was fun. Yeah. Um, and then got to the, got to the the face off, and 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 he was. Oh, he had three inches on me, and I just leaned in and looked looked up at him and smiled, and you just saw just fucking evaporation okay. of of, of morale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, went after him, and, and the crowd loved it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. What's what's your um? What's your? Do you have a routine when you prepare for your fight? Like like before, like backstage to when you walk out? Do you have a certain thing that you do? Like is there anything? My I, I'm big on on cadence, and I'm big on uh, because I I try and be because I'm huge on overthinking. So yeah. for me. Um, I'd have a little bit of a playlist, but obviously, you know, I never reached the point of being a headliner or, or anything. Yep. So I was kind of still at the mercy of the rest of the card, whether I was getting rushed in or, okay. or held off. Um, so I'd mainly, I'd have a playlist that basically escalated in beats per minute. And I'd try and keep myself at about the heart rate I should okay. be based on that. Um, so that I wasn't thinking too much because otherwise I would stress that I'd fucking okay. hate so the lead up. Okay. Oh yeah. Fucking no. How about you? Um, mine was just to stay relaxed as possible. Um, I usually have a nap. 
because ever my sec my first two fights were the early cards. But my third fight I was semi, so every fight after that I've either been semi or main. So I've always had to wait ages. So I get there, even my first title, my title fight, I was at the wait there like six hours, which is a fucking nightmare. But I get there, I'd lay down, have a bit of a nap, um, try and keep it alarm. Might go watch a couple of fights if I can. Um, good with the one thing I love about Adelaide, the fights I've had in Adelaide, they have TVs backstage. So you just sit there and watch the fights, and I'll just try and stay relaxed as possible. Um, but when I get in, I actually I like to get in the cage before everyone gets there, have a bit of move around. I count, I do certain things where I count steps um, from the centre to the back, so I count how, how many steps I take until I hit the cage. Um, so, it's say, for example, if someone's pushed me back, I scoot like three, four, I can start to see the cage the side of my eyes. Oh, one more step and I'm going to have me back. So when it comes in, boom, I sidestep. Certain things like that, just move around. But for me, it's just keeping relaxed. Like I I found early, I'm better when I'm relaxed. Like I found when I was like first started sparring and training, when I'm trying to do everything proper and technically right, I'm too tense. So I found out early that I'm a lot better when I'm just relaxed and having fun. And I try and transition that into my preparation into my fight. Yeah. Um, so everything, even if you've watched me fights, you'll see I'm, just, I'm very, very relaxed. Um, nice and relaxed shoulders. Yeah. 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 That's a big thing I, I notice as well. Yeah, I try and do that. I, and it just, I, it doesn't go to a point where I even have to try anymore. It's just my natural thing. And it gets to a point where I'm probably too relaxed, um, which kind of backfires a little bit. But I also feel I'm a lot more, I'm faster, I'm more agile um, when I'm relaxed because I'm not so tense. And I, that's why with my PTs and stuff, I try and teach them the same shit. Like being tense and, and, and tight all the time just wears you out. It's just pointless. Yeah. Yeah. My, if you, if you get, opinion, yeah. if you get a chance to, um, YouTube's probably easier. Some of Jeremy's fights, he, he's because he goes in so relaxed. He's fantastic at that broken tempo sort of like yeah. just just explodes and surprises his opponents. Yeah. Uh, and you can really see it in the way he sets up his his wrestling really well. Like because because they're used to that time, or you yeah. know because they bank on that timing, yeah. shall we say, so quickly under and and then yeah. having no legs. Um, it, it's crazy. Two things you made me think of just just there is is one how uh, how very different and a lot of um you know people new to the sport might not have realised but how very different it was watching the couple of COVID UFC fights they had in the smaller cage in yeah. in Vegas, watching watching people near step on the on the um, you know, floor meets yeah. floor meets cage from from being used to having an extra meter. Yeah. Um and also uh, about being relaxed, I was always um super envious. I got to corner Robbie Powdrow on a tie card in uh, Craigie, I think, in Perth. Uh, it was um, uh, Daniel Rock Dawson's first fight back in Thai after he had his his boxing ventures. And um, uh, from when he got there, he was obviously had to be there annoyingly early, like like you said. But he he bought in a mattress and doona, and <laughs> and he was literally laying in the corner yeah. of this fucking basketball yeah. gym. Yeah. He's like, you know, wait wait me up when it's forty to go, and and yeah. we'll start to loosen up. I think it's the best thing because it's such a long fucking day too, um, and it can be exhausting. Like you. From the way, like, I've always more nervous for the weigh-ins. Like, when I weigh in, after that, it's such a long wait to fight. Like, you wake up in the morning. Um, I like to go for walks, at least loosen up a little bit. But from the moment you walk up, uh, wake up to your fight, it's such a long fucking day. Um, so either I have to try and sleep at the motel or wherever the fight is. Just have a, don't have to sleep, but just relax, close your eyes. I say a lot of people do it, um, but yeah, I'm big on that. Need you need that rest, man. It's a fucking emotionally draining day. It yeah, is, it's yeah. not like if you're conscious, yeah. you can be thinking about anything else. Yeah. No, you so. can't. That's another thing too. I like to try and think of other shit because um, you spend whether it's like if it's a training camp for three months, every day I'm thinking about this fight, all the different ways it can happen, all the ways I can win, what he does, what I can do, all that. Stuff. You're just constantly thinking about it. 
I'm um, thinking about training, thinking about what like, shit I've learned, shit I'm going to learn, the style, how I'm going to beat him. All this, he's just constantly thinking about. It. So by the time you get to the weigh-ins, it's just emotionally draining. Like you just you're drained, and I don't have to cut weight. I've done it once, and I can I feel sorry for the people that do have to cut weight. That just it just makes it that much harder. But you're just stressed, and it can it can drain you. It just emotionally emotionally drains you, and you could be as fit as you want, if, but if your mind is drained, um, you're going to get tired. You're going to drain really quick. So um, I try not to think about it. So I've done all the thinking I can. Um, so once the wane happens, from there it's just everything else. I'm thinking about other shit. Maybe um, what if, it's football, if it's football season, I'm just watching football. Um, I remember before one of my fights, I went to the movies. Um, just to take my mind off shit. I went and watched, um, I think it was, uh, fuck, what was it? That? It was that Ice Cube movie, uh, Compton. Was that um? Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember when that first came, I had to leave because we were watching. I didn't realize how long it was. I got there, I was with my dad. He's like, "Oh," because he messaged me, he's like, "Hey, let's just go to the movies." It was his idea. I was like, "Oh, fuck yeah, let's do it." We went. I think two and a two hours in, I realized, "Fuck, I'm going to be this fuck." <laughs> <laughs> we better go. We had to walk out halfway through the movie. Um, and there was another one too. One of my other fights, I was main eventing. Um, and I had this idea because the same thing is, I don't, I don't like waiting. I hate sitting out the back, as you probably know. Like, sitting out the back is just, it's nerve-wracking. So, fuck, I'm the main event. I'm probably going to sit for two, three hours. So I'll go, all right. Did, went there, did the, the rules meeting, and I fucked off back to the motel, which is only down the road. Go have a nap. And then um, the promoter ringing me. He's like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> so I'm just at the motel. He's like, oh, we've got to do these, like, interviews. got to do this shit. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I had to get back. And then we didn't, like, I didn't really take into account that because most of the fights were amateur fights. They usually are over pretty quick. So like, he goes, oh, we're fucking four, five, fourteen. <laughs> Get back here. So I got back. I mean, I got back just in time to do this, do this interview thing. I pretty much just put my gloves on, warmed up, fought. Um, it was no, there was no waiting around. Like, I've, if the way I had it planned is, I would have still, but still been in the motel. Like, I was just dozing off. Yep, yep. Um, and I would have missed my fight. <laughs> so you fight well with the. I won. Yes, I yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say it seems it seems you know retrospectively like a nice build up, not yeah. having to think about yeah, anything yeah. in the build up. That's the way I liked it. Like, that's what I liked fighting early, especially the first two or four, uh, two fights, two or three fights. You do your rules meeting, go back, strap, warm up, fight. You don't really have time to stress and worry. I think it was my first. I was a co-main event. I think my third fight was the worst for me. Like, I was in a three, four-hour wait, which I haven't done before. I think I retired in my head maybe four times. I said, oh, like, I just got that emotional and stressed out. But I'm like, fuck, I'm not doing this again. I'm done. This is bullshit. And I remember thinking, fuck, I wish this place just cut the power. They stopped the event. I started thinking, like, um, I started thinking, shit, like, I hope the fucking plane crashes through this building. Get me the fuck out of here. And I thought, I'm not doing this again. Just for that waiting period, just because, and then I'll be up and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get out of there. And then fuck, get me out of here. Just constantly up and down, up and down. And it drained me. So for me, for that fight in Adelaide where I fell asleep, I, that was perfect for me. Yeah. Um, that was perfect. Yeah, beautiful. That's how I try and transition all my fights like that. All right, man. So flipping the, the, the coin again and, and uh, I guess discussing more about. Um, you know how on top you have or haven't been of you, rather than what the world's laid at your door. Well, what's what's the time you do identify as as where you've let yourself down, Jez, or where you, where you didn't meet your mark? I guess. 
Um, where do I begin there? Fucking plenty of time. <laughs> I'm putting off me being an interviewee <laughs> because I'm not sure how long the list is going to be for that question. Yeah, fuck, that's a long, that's a, that's a long thing. That's a long, I think there's plenty of times to the point where I can't even remember half of them. Um, it's the same thing, like, I, I, you know when people ask you the question, what do you regret? And every, like the, the proper answer you meant to answer is I don't regret anything because it's turned me who I am. For me, I regret a lot of the fucking things, man, to be honest. I regret a lot. There's things I wish I did differently, but at the end of the day, I'll, to that sort of cliche thing, I do sort of like who I am and what I've done, but I do still believe I could have done better. I do all these things. So I, there's a lot of things I regret. Um, on the surface, there's a few fights, there's a few things I've done. I wish I did better, which I regret. Um, my first fight I lost, um, I still feel I could have done more. Um, I, yeah, because I, I, I got submitted um, in that fight. I f- still feel like I shouldn't have tapped. Like just tapping, giving up was is just haunting me ever since. What was the sub? It was just an arm triangle. Pretty simple. One thing that you can probably break out of. But for me, I just thought, and I tapped, and and I fucking from, even from the moment it happened, I remember laying there thinking, what the fuck have I done? Um, and I remember the ref come over and he said, yeah, okay, well, I'm fine because I didn't get hurt or anything. Um. And just instantly, I'm just thinking, fuck, can we do this again? Let's run this back. I'm going to do it right now. Let's go again. And just realizing you can't go again. There's no there's no do-overs. It's just lost. Um, and that's, even to this day, that was maybe three years ago, maybe maybe four. That still haunts me now. Like, it's, yeah, it's something I really want to do, do over again. It's really hard to explain to people that that urgency, like for yeah. whatever reason, and it kind of sounds it's dumb saying it out loud, but people don't understand um, to what extent fighting is fighting for your life. Like there's a, 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 you just gave me, um, you know, cringe or goosebumps or, yeah. or something. Think about my own. And, and I had a, um, like a, I don't know what you call it. A, a, a display as a submission grappling dis- yeah. display as part of a, a boxing card as a bit of a filler when I was okay, very yeah, early on. They don't remember me sometimes. As well. Yeah. Yeah. It was just me and, and, um, a guy called Isaac Tisdale, who's, um, I think, uh, I'm trying to think what organization, I don't think it's hex, but, What's a Queensland cage organisation? Um, Queensland, XFC was Queensland. I know that, but it's obviously a different one. Um, there's a few. I think he was, it, well, he's, he's, um, he's, his weight class champion, I'm trying to think what weight class he would be at the moment, of, of one of the second tier MMA organisations. And he's a, a really good black belt now and he's got his own gym. But at the time, me and him were, were probably similar and I, I had an advantage of size. Um, and I didn't go for... Um, a submission that I'd been I'd been drilling at yeah. the time just because it was a bit wanky. I, I I'd been for whatever reason deciding to play with Peruvian necktie a fair bit. Okay. I think it's <laughs> I think it's when there was a wrestler. I, I know. I think it, I think it's when there was a, a wrestler um, whose name will f- uh, avoid me on the contender series at, at that time. Yeah. Um, who did it a couple of times and and got one of the coaches in it. Even I think he got rampage in it. Um, yeah. And uh, I didn't go for it when I had him in that sort of crossed up north south pos- position yeah. and. Uh, um, I don't think he would have known. He probably would have panic tapped, but I, I just hesitated. And then he got me in a really basic armbar yeah. that I probably should have got out as out of as, as well. But there's just no room for thinking, yeah, so, yeah. so to speak. You've just got to be so intuitive because you you it, you're fighting for your life, or you better fucking be because the other guy's going to be. Yeah. That's the thing too. Like for me, I that's what I like to be relaxed because I just feel like I'm just clear and I'm thoughting like. I can think like a thousand things at a time when I'm fighting. Like I don't, uh, I'm not a react. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm I'm thinking constantly. Like I'm thinking small things. I'm thinking 
if I do this, would it drain too much energy? If I do this, um, can I get out? Or I'll wait for him to move here, then I'll move there. Like I'm constantly sort of thinking small things. Um, but yeah, like even when, oh, when even when I got submitted, fuck, I um, because it was a big fight for me. It was my first loss. That was the fight where I was meant to win. I was going for my second heavyweight title. I already, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be the double champ. UFC have messaged me. They were watching. It's me and Jimmy Crude, who was one of my training partners at the time. We were both, we both got scared at the same time because we didn't know if it was real or not. We're like, none of us replied. We're like, is this legit or what? And he's like, yeah. I think he spoke to his manager. He's like, yeah, that guy's legit. Like, oh, we replied to this guy. Um, so we both got scared and they were both watching. So me, having an undefeated record and then double champ would have been a big thing to get me to the UFC and... Jimmy obviously excelled at that and where I kind of fucking fucked up. So it wasn't just losing that fight. I, I feel like I just lost my chance of reaching my goal. So it was a big, it was a big, big, big thing for me. Um, not just losing the fight, but losing, yeah, losing that chance really. So how did you recover from that mentally in terms of jumping back mentally, into your training? It was tough, like... It was like, to get in the personal sort of side. Like leading into that fight, I was I was uh, I don't even like talking about it. But I had a I was dating a girl at the time. She was she started cheating on cheating on me like weeks leading into it. So um so my mind just left, and it just got to a point where I just wasn't sleeping. I was just exhausted all the time. So leading that fight, I was trying to block it out, trying to do the like do the, the right thing, trying to block it out, not thinking about it. Um, and I remember I tore the muscle off my ribs the week before the fight. Which wasn't as big a deal. Like I didn't really feel in the fight. It, it helped. It struggled to. I struggled to take deep breaths and stuff. Like struggled to breathe, but it wasn't that big of a deal. It was more the fact that I just mentally wasn't. I wasn't switched on. So the night before the fight, I didn't sleep at all. Same sort of thing. I was still stressed about everything else. I, I let any outside problems sort of get to me. So I wasn't. I didn't sleep. And I didn't realize until after the fight. Like I remember when I got into the fight. I was just exhausted already because I hadn't fucking slept for since Thursday. I fought on Saturday. I was already exhausted. I remember when I was fighting, he would throw these jabs at me and I just couldn't see anything. Like, I couldn't focus on him. Um, and he did everything that I trained to do. Like, because Jimmy had already beaten this guy who I trained for this fight. So everything he did, I was ready for. And um, he'd throw and I just couldn't focus on him. I couldn't see it. I couldn't react. Every time he'd shoot on me, I'd see it coming from a mile away, but my mind just wouldn't react. Like, I just, I'd see it and I'd just... Watch. I was trying. I couldn't. I was trying to think what the fuck's going on here. The end of the first round, um, and then it got to a point where I just and I just realised I'm watching. I ain't stupid as it sounds, but I watched this thing saying, if you don't sleep for 24 hours, you lose that sort of death possession, and that's what kind of happened to me. Like he'd come in, I just couldn't judge where he was, um, and then so I lost that. So when that happened, I thought, fuck it, I'm gonna take some time off. I had a mate of mine message me, so all right, let's. I'll come pick you up. We'll go see our mate with Donga. We were playing when we played golf. We were talking about earlier. So we'll go see him. mate. Just get away for a bit. Which was kind of strange for me. Is like I was getting messages as well. People saying like, "Oh, my condolences and stuff." I'm like, "Fuck, man, I didn't die. It's just a sport." Like I'm very passionate about it, but at the end of the day, it's a sport. Um, I didn't die. There's, there's worse things in the world that can happen. So it wasn't. I think people treated worse than what than I treated it, sort of thing. Like, ah, fuck it. I was gutted, but. It's not the end of the world. Um, so I went away. I think it was a good thing. But my coach, when I was away, he messaged me saying, I've got another fight for you. Um, let's, let's scrap that one, get that out of the way. 
let's let's get you back on the winning board. Get your get your confidence back up. Let's go go straight away. He goes. But my first reaction, because I still had all these other personal problems, I was thinking, no, nah, I mean, I'm not interested. I don't give a fuck. Um, I don't know. I think we spoke about this last week. My, I, I think my coach knows how to trigger me. So he's like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Sends me videos. <laughs> Sends me a video of him. Here's fighting. some footage for you to think yeah, about. <laughs> have, a, have a look at this guy. He's a kickboxing world champ. He's Australian boxing heavyweight champ. Here's a fight of him. Watching, watch this fight of him fighting uh, Alistair over him. I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. Watch it. Oh, he's pretty tough. This, some of my interest is instantly sparked a little bit. He's like, oh, we can beat him. He's good stand-up. He's grand shit. We can beat him there. You're more well-rounded. We can beat him. Let's get him early. I think he's only had three, four MMA fights. Let's get him early. At the time, I was still thinking, nah, I'm not interested. But my interest started to grow. The more, more I watched him, more I've seen it. Because um, for me personally, as we are talking earlier, I'm not, I don't care about pattern records. Mine is to beat people I'm not meant to beat. Like, I want that challenge. Like, that's the whole reason I got into fighting was the challenge. So I want to fight guys like this. So that, that's um. So my my interest starts sparking, and soon as I said the fight's on, like I left, I cut my holiday, went back home, went back to training, and that's when I fucked my neck and everything went downhill from there, pretty much. Yeah. What was the what's his last name again? Edwards. Edwards. So, um, anyone that's bored, look up Edwards versus uh, Uberim. <laughs> <laughs> in the glory, I think it's glory. Yeah, glory kickboxing fight to see this fucking giant human <laughs> <laughs> that, that Jeremy fought. Yeah. So it was when um, Overeem was certainly on a good yeah, diet. Kangaroo, uh, <laughs> 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 mate. He, he had traps bigger than my fat yeah. head, um, and uh, he doesn't actually uh, shadow um, yeah. Edwards, this Aussie boy, too much. He's he's a pretty big rib, so yeah. it was certainly a. A fucking tall ass. Yeah, did for you, you watch it? Did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the shots he dropped him with, like they were massive, massive hits. And Ben got up. I, I can't remember how many times, but he got up a few times. That's what interests me. Like he got hit hard, mm. but he got up. And I thought, like, fuck, that's that's tough, man. Like a lot of people wouldn't get up from that. And that's that's what sort of sparked my interest. Like, yeah, for a the time, one but. round fight, it was certainly a yeah. back and forth. Like that, he's yeah. he's got a big pair. It was yeah. was really cool to watch. And um, out of all, like I've lost three fights. My last three fights. Out of all of them, Ben's the only one I know. The other two I lost, I know I can beat him. Any, any, any time I can beat him, he's the only one I know. I'd have to be my best to beat him. The other two I know I can beat. I can beat any day, apart from the day before. That's <laughs> apart from the time it mattered. <laughs> Just that one day. <laughs> Fucking one day. And something you um, touched on before that I reckon's worth mentioning as well. And I don't think people would think about football or whatever, but yeah. some reason think about fighting is being in a fucking. Uh, messed up state of mind and yep. carrying carrying a lot of um, particularly heartbreak. Yep. Uh, no fucking good. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like people think, oh, you've got all this anger, you can go yeah. and take it out. Good fucking luck. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. You got to you got to be clear. That's one of the things I learned. Like I tried as much as I tried. Then it did because I knew how much it affected me. It showed me how much you need to be clear. Um, don't let that outside shit get to you. You got to have a clear mind. You can't fight with emotion. You can't fight angry. You can't fight. Tired, sad, whatever it is, you can't, you can't do it. You got to be clear. You got to be focused. Doesn't work. So, getting back to the better stuff, man. Yeah. When's the time that you've exceeded your expectations? What, what, what's the proudest you've been of what you've put out there? Um, this time I've rejected this dude in basketball was probably the one. <laughs> probably my favourite moment. <laughs> is there anything more pleasant than fucking swatting oh, into the stands? Oh, it's one of the best feelings I've ever had. Fuck, I felt like a boss. Uh, <laughs> um, playing basketball was only. Oh, I can't remember. It was like a Thursday night game. 
been playing because <laughs> I'm not very good at basketball, so this was a big deal for me. Um, I was, it was their centre. He was running down one side. And I remember I was running down the other side, and, and I could have easily just cut in front of him. But I thought I'll let him feel like he's got a, a, a run to the hoop because he's on the break. And when he started getting like cut in front of him, we both got up. And I feel because I'm maybe because I'm that competitive dude. Once he was there, I felt like I got three or f- maybe like a fucking foot higher. Like the rejection, we were above the rim because he was the, like the center opposition center. And when I blocked it, oh fuck, I felt good. That's that's probably one of my favorite moments. <laughs> I just lost. It's it's like one of those great um, yeah. piece of uh, social observational yeah. comedy. That's like like a Seinfeld moment. Yeah. It's anyone that's played a little bit of basketball, particularly if you shit house like me. Yeah. If you block someone, it's like fucking hell. Yeah, fuck the three good. people in the crowd are gonna yeah, know about yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, that fucking felt good. Then it'll probably be the title after that. So that block, <laughs> block first, title second. Probably that goal, the one in the video. Yeah, yeah. Third. From 70, 78? Yeah, probably 88. 88, yeah. <laughs> <a> big. <laughs> All right, Jess. So um, who would you say is your hero, man, or someone you look up to? Oh, I've thought about this question many times. I got asked this question before, but hero, I don't really think I have – I don't really have one, to be honest. I, I Even inspirations, I don't really have inspirations. I just admire people for certain things. I don't – and because I'm a very skeptic sort of person, so because just because someone's on TV, I'm not going to admire them. I don't really respect them. The people who inspire me the most are the people I train with, just people around me, just regular day people. Like uh, my home gym at Westside MMA, I, I train with mums who have two jobs, single mothers, but still find time to train. Like I've, I get more inspiration out of them than I do than some freaking fucking TV. It's probably a pedophile. You know, I mean, I don't give a shit about that. But then, uh, what? Even when I have, I'm having a rough time. In shape, especially after a fight or something, I go back to back to Horsham, back to the stall. Um, I go see go see my cousins and stuff, and just seeing how excited they are for me and how happy they are, that inspires me. So the actual people that go out and do shit is not. It's just I think regular day people, just people I have around me, is what inspires me. Then I got the people I train with, like the guys since I've been training. Jimmy Crute, Benson Soli, Callum Potter have all made the UFC since we started training together, and these guys inspire me. I remember I was when I first saw it got injured. I was getting or trying to get back to him, watching Jimmy fight his first make his debut on UFC. That that shit gave me goosebumps watching him do that. Like watching him live out his dream. Like he's he's one of the most fucking driven people I've ever met. Like I don't know what world class drive is. Like I don't know if I'm, I've never met him before. If it is, whatever it is, like Jimmy, I think he's got it. Like I think he's got it. Like he's he's his mindset at a young age is just a step above people I've ever met before. So the like the dude that's someone that's spent their whole life for one goal and to see him actually live that, it was was huge for me. That was so that's that's sort of the stuff that inspires me. Um, it like motivates me. Um, people on TV, I don't give a fuck about them. I love it, man. First thing you made me think of is if you if you want to see some fucking quality Epstein meme collections, <laughs> <laughs> look up the answer on Facebook because <laughs> Jez has got a fucking wicked sense yeah. of humour. He probably has me literally laughing yeah. three or four times a week. Um, and the second thing, I, I, you know, it's completely true to my own experience for what it's worth as well yeah. about about uh, meeting your heroes or yeah. be careful who you pedestal. I was talking to a, a young lady that does some boxing with me the other night and I think she'd been let down in that regard and I think certain people also put a ceiling on themselves by, yeah. by thinking someone's elite that they might quickly yeah. overtake in some aspect yeah. of life it's, um, it's kind of a weird thing but when I first started training and met Daniel Kelly I think that's when it really opened the door for me 
and just to see people as people. Because when I was start, first started training with these guys, Daniel Kelly was the first one to come up to me. He shook my hand. He was the nicest bloke. Well, he is the nicest bloke. And I just, I just started realizing this dude's a four-time Olympian and USC fighter, but he's just a regular guy. And it just made me, it just as I said, just opened the door to just see even these dudes are doing fucking crazy things. They're just regular people. Like, anybody can do that. Apart from LeBron and James, like, not everybody's fucking six foot eight in the machine. But most people can do certain things. Like, you don't have to be this superstar. Like, all these guys are just regular people that just had a crack, pretty much. And that's what, like, meeting those sort of guys showed me. Um, so that's why when I see people on TV, you think, oh, these guys are fucking crazy. Like, they're doing these awesome things. But at the end of the day, they're just normal people, man. It doesn't, it, that's what doesn't motivate me. Doesn't, they don't inspire me. Um, because behind closed doors, they're probably pricks. Um, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by how I, single mums that work jobs and still work out and train and just just fucking grinding all the time. They're they're the people who inspire me. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, so what do you reckon's most admirable about you, mate? I know you're a fucking wickedly harsh self critic, but yeah. but what's what's your top quality? Um, in fighting or just in life, personal. In life, let's stop talking about fighting yeah, okay, for five right, seconds. Talk about Jeremy. You do enough interviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my top quality. Fuck me, I don't even know. Um, I think I'm enjoying how uncomfortable you are with yeah, this question. Yeah, like it's kind of strange. Like if we were just talking shit and having a joke, I'd tell you I'd fucking brag about anything. But when it comes to a serious thing, I actually get pretty uncomfortable about it. But um, I think just being down to earth sort of dude just being relaxed understanding um and just empathy i think um i think because i've lived a lot of different things i don't um i don't i'm not on other people's cases you know what i mean like i don't everyone has their reasons i think just life worn out life is i think i don't know empathy i guess yeah i would it would be my guess i'm, I'm you know only just Enjoying the opportunity yep. to get to get to know you as as we go, but for me, once once you pass that slightly <laughs> massive wall at, yep. at, at the start, you can yep. tell that you you're very protective and have a fucking big heart for the people yep. in your life. Yep. Um, I really really enjoyed how uncomfortable <laughs> that made you, fucking <laughs> Mister Heavyweight it's, Champion. It's kind of strange. Like I remember when I was when I was doing well, people were messaging me and saying, "Oh, you're an inspiration and stuff," and it made me uncomfortable. Like it's nice to hear and stuff, but it it made me um genuinely made me uncomfortable because I don't think I've earned it. Like, I don't deserve it. I feel like there's more people who are doing better shit than I am. I'm just a dude just having a crack at just doing what he wants to do. Like, I'm just an average Joe. Like, I, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't think I've deserved it. And it's, so that sort of shit makes me uncomfortable. But when, if, as I said before, if we're, we're talking shit, I come from a life where all we do is brag and talk shit and talk ourselves up, but it's a joke and I can do that. But when, it's, when it comes to a serious motion... It does. It makes me pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, I can I can tell. And you you're a humble dude, so it makes <laughs> sense. Two quick ones, man, because I know you've got to catch a train, and I can see my own PT pulling yep. in there. Um, what are you looking forward to? Getting back to fighting one, but second, I don't want to go back to that because I don't want to be just that one division person, but that one lifestyle person. But just getting back to what I considered life. Um, Getting back into Melbourne, getting back into training, being around the guys and girls, and just just enjoying myself, just enjoying my life. So right now, with the injuries as you said earlier, I feel like I'm just restricted, um, and uh, I just want to get back to being feeling feeling healthy, feeling mo- like being free, 
just feeling good. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking forward to. Love it, man. Um, we kind of touched on this one earlier, so it'd be interesting to see if we can do it as a as a quick question. But what's uh, a piece of advice you would give eighteen year old Jeremy Joyner if, if if he would listen to you? Um, eat a salad. <laughs> eat a salad would be one. Um, and I think get that chip off your shoulder. Don't be so angry with the world. I was, I was an angry kid, so um, let go of that anger. It doesn't do you any good. I think that would be my advice. Love it. That's yeah. probably good advice to any 18-year-old <laughs> kid, man. I wish you had told me that when I was 18, but, but you would have been about yeah. minus three, I reckon, so yeah. it wouldn't have gone so well. <laughs> um, normally end on one minute. It's, it's a bit of an awkward one because I'm not sure what authority I am on anything much yeah. and also haven't pre-warned you, but let my guest have the mic, so to speak, and either... Uh, ask me a question yep. um, about what we've been talking about or, or just general climate at the moment, wh- whatever you want to talk about, man. All right. My question would be, what is your worst moment? What is What built you to get to where you are now? Like you got your shed here. What drove you to, to, to train other people, live out here um, what, and do radio? What, what drove you to do all that sort of stuff? What, what's your goals and what made you get to this stage? So just an easy question, hey, yeah. Jeremy. Thanks, yeah. thanks, brother. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might actually have you have you be the host for the <laughs> for the me as the guest one. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'll I'll cheaply answer it slightly. You're going to give me the PG rated. I'm going to give you the PG oh. PG rated, but but uh, basically, in trying to keep up with the Joneses in in every way, shape, and and form, I I, I absolutely burned a hole in my twenties, sh- shall we say? I, I got really good at. Um, doing everything that I thought, uh, that I thought a, a dangerous young man in their twenties should be doing okay. to be be admired. Um, didn't do for whatever reason. I think it's because my dad was a, a a copper growing up. I okay. I wasn't much of a so drinker. And no, he was. It was. He was probably Very just strange. a genuinely good example. And my mum definitely okay. was a genuinely good example. But okay. it wasn't. It wasn't alcohol or drugs. But um, you know, uh. Violence, sex, wasting money on dumb shit. Yep. Um, everyone does that. Don't e- everyone they? does that. But <laughs> I did it pretty well. I'd like, like, uh, as if I was going to give my myself a mark on train <laughs> train wrecking my twenties, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd that'd probably be my my one of my achievements. Yeah. Um, and I just I reached the point where it all fell apart. There was, um, uh, I guess, a, a young lady I was I was seeing who I'd built up as um, the person I'd sort my shit out okay. for. Yep. Entirely unfairly on her, like yep. she she was just happened to be my girlfriend at, at the time. There's nothing bad about her, and probably not a lot special, um, as harsh as that sounds. But um, and she got sick of my shit, God forbid. Yep. And there was plenty of shit to get oh, sick no, of. I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah, she well and truly got sick of my, my yep. shit, and uh, I turned around, um, and and uh, really spiraled, I guess, out of yep. the self loathing that created it, at yeah, realizing yeah, that. Been there. I was so far from the country kid I grew up as who yep. loved sport and was good to my family and, and good to my friends and about real shit maybe that I'd just become entirely about fake shit and, yep. you know, my, my drug was people's reaction to me maybe. Yep. Um, so spent... What's the, the drug of wanting to be loved and... Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe not even that deep. W- okay. Wanting to be impressive just, in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, just you know, look, yeah. look at this guy with fast car and okay, yeah, every yeah. chick he wants, and yeah, knocking yeah. people out at work and you doing that, dumb shit. That life, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that you kind of told as a young yeah. alpha bloke is that's, that's what yeah that's admirable. What's get you you know, and it just was fucking yeah. a lie. Yeah, it's all bullshit. And the people you attract doing that, oh god, they're gone quick if yeah. something goes wrong. Yeah, as soon as you stop being that, oh man, I um I noticed that. 
like when fighting, when I was winning and doing well, my inbox was blowing up. As soon as you stop, man, then nobody gives a fuck. Mm. It's um, it's very superficial in that world, man. Like once everyone wants to be there when you're doing well, but once you um, once you're not there. And it's it's hard to like even if you check yourself and you're a very very perceptive dude and I'd yeah. like to think I am most times, yeah. um, people are real good at being chameleons. You know, there's a yeah. lot of people that can fill you with with a misconception of yeah. of, of real concern yeah. that evaporate real quick. <laughs> and yeah, it evaporated yeah. real quick, man. And, and I just spiraled into a a broke, fat, suicidal mess yeah. when I worked out that I'd spent eight years on bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Um. So very similar to me. Yeah. And, and and around the same age, maybe slightly yeah. older, um, I rebuilt myself also by diving back into to my martial arts. Yeah. Um, dad passed away, and that was probably a bit of a wake up call as well. Um, and then and moved home, and and uh, you know gradually worked on on me and tried to uh, chase a bit of karma back, maybe with yeah. with the, the various ventures that you mentioned that I get involved in like this. Um, so. Yeah, it was, it was a significant period of fucking plenty of things on that list yep. of the times that I've under underperformed morally. Okay, yep. Um, that I'm trying to play catch up for. So, so it's, a, it's a so fucking good question, man. I'm, I'm surprised no one's bothered to ask yet. Yeah. So what's the so what's the goal and what's the end goal? Just to keep building, or no? Uh, I I feel like at least for now I've kind of reached for the first time in a very long time. Um. I have an answer to what is it that I'm looking for. Do I don't think I did for a long time because yeah. I was just caught up in I the. Think, um, I think that's life, isn't it? Like everyone yeah. doesn't. You just do things you don't know why. Yeah. Don't have that direction. That's that's why I said before about fighting. It giving me a purpose, giving me a direction. Yep. I have a goal. I have a future goal. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Like you need, you need, you need, you need purpose. Don't yeah. just do it for the sake of doing it. And, and and I'm kind of, you know, I watched the the Jordan doco. Did you watch the Jordan doco? Yeah. yeah. yeah Amazing, everyone did. Um, and for, for me, the, probably the biggest takeaway was when he talked about, I don't think it was set up as why are you as incredible in the clutch as you are, but he explained how he doesn't ever burden himself by what has happened before or what might happen. Okay. And, and for me, I, I'm probably starting to reach that point. Like, um, you know, m- my week, I'm excited for the next batch of kids to come over that okay, I can slowly show how to kick better. Yep. I'm certainly excited to have someone as capable as you come over and me try and keep up and be a relevant <laughs> training partner for you, you know. I'm excited about taking down this patch of uh, of um, star pickets after because the, the injured horse has got a yeah. bit more room to cruise around in. Like, for the first time in my life, I'm I'm very um, happy to live out this afternoon without burdening myself with yeah, any great good. expectations. That's good. And it's taken a while. That's... Um, <laughs> It's a it's a peaceful place. I think that's a peaceful place when just simple things bring you joy. I think it's a peaceful place, man. That's, I think that's where we all want to be. I love it, man. I'm super conscious that you got to train the catch, but I reckon yep. uh, other than training, we'll have to have a have a hike or a bad slicing game of golf real yeah, shortly. I reckon. Right. <laughs> I'll take a while. Love it, man. Love <laughs> it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy, and and we'll we'll leave it there. Real real thank pleasure, you very brother. Much. Blokes, thanks again for tuning in. Really hope you got something out of that. Start having those conversations with your mates, with your family, with a mental health professional if you need to. There's absolutely no shame in it. If you want to reach out to us or follow along, we're on Facebook or Instagram under Blokes Don't Talk. Uh, And to listen, we're available on all your good podcast platforms. Share it with a mate. Even if you're not quite sure, worst he can do is tell you he's not that interested might come back to you in a month or two and and have really got something out of it. Thanks again. Talk next week.